Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you don't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 16. The Old Testament book of 1 Samuel chapter number 16. We find our way in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16 in a study between King Saul and the future King David. And we understand that the difference between the two was not their upbringing. Both of them were small and rejected. They were the lesser of their houses. Both of them um, were anointed by Samuel, which we'll see today. Both of them were prepared by God to be used. The difference was, was their heart. That one of them had a heart to serve God and one of them had a heart just to serve himself. And because of that, one became shipwrecked and the other one was quite honored by God. And we're going to see that difference tonight. Now, what we've seen before is the rise of King Saul. That King Saul, about <coughs> the age of 40, had become king. It was something that he didn't choose. It was something that was given to him. And he reigned about 27 years to the time that we had left off when he had his second rejection of the Lord. And remember, as we tied it in this morning, that to disobey God is to reject God. You're rejecting God from being God in your life. That anytime we disobey God, it is when God is not in his rightful place in our life. And that someone, you're going to obey someone. It's not necessarily just, do I obey God or do I not obey God? You're going to obey somebody. It's either you're going to obey God or you're going to obey someone else. It's who is going to be God in your life. And because of this, we understand that we saw Saul... <laughs> And that when he was confronted with sin, he deflected, he blamed everyone else, and then outright refused to admit that he was wrong. And that was his big issue. It was not just that he sinned, it was that he refused to get right. He refused to repent. And that was the difference with David, is that what made David a man after his own heart, is that when he was confronted with sin, he admitted that he was wrong and did everything he could to get it right. Now after Saul has rejected David, uh, Saul is 67 years old. He's reigned for 27 years. Samuel is an old man. He is 91 years old. But there's a new player in here. King David, who the future King David. Only 17 years old at this time. A young teenage boy. And let's see as God enters it. David into the picture. Notice with me, if you don't mind, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16. The book of 1 Samuel chapter 16, and notice with me in verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thy horn with oil, and go, and I send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with thee and say, I come to sacrifice to the Lord. 
And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come, he looked upon Eleb and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, for I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And again Jesse made Seven of his sons passed before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. And withal of a beautiful countenance, and a goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16? 1 Samuel 16, and notice with me in verse 7, notice the phrase that God pointed out here. It says that the Lord looketh on the heart. The Lord looketh on the heart. And with the Lord's help, we want to see things as God sees things, that the Lord looketh on the heart. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And thank you for the great privilege it is to be in your house tonight. And we're looking forward to you being an encouragement. That tonight, without a doubt, I know that you're trying to get a hold of somebody. That tonight, you are sending the spotlight of your Holy Spirit to pinpoint someone. And saying, you are the man. You are the woman. I want to use you. Lord, I believe that you're trying to draw someone to yourself for something special, something unbelievable. Lord, I don't know who that is. I don't know who it is, but I know that you desire to draw someone. So I'm asking that tonight you would do something unusual. You would do something powerful. That your message would just encompass and grab a hold of someone's life and heart. And that someone would surrender themselves and make themselves available. Maybe someone that feels like they're worthless. Someone that feels like they're unable. Someone that feels like they're rejected. Lord, that you would use that person. You would draw them and do something with them that they could never imagine of themselves. Lord, I can't do such things. 
It must be you and you alone. So I'm asking that you would do something amazing tonight. And change all of eternity because of this message and this meeting tonight. We just ask that you do what only you can do. Lord, I need you tonight. Please fill me with your spirit. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you don't mind, let's look and examine what is going on here. And the first thing I want to touch base with you on is in 1 Samuel 16 is the idea that Saul was rejected for disobedience. Saul was rejected for disobedience. Notice with me in 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel 16 and notice with me in verse 1. 1 Samuel 16 and verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul? See, and I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. So we start off and we see that Samuel is back in Ramah. Now, Samuel is just not having a pity fit and crying and doing nothing. But he's actually running a school of the prophets. We'll see that later. But he's actually training preacher boys. That's his full-time job. He's 91 years old, still teaching classes, still training people about following the Lord. But yet, he's so brokenhearted because 27 years ago, he was the one that anointed Saul to be king. It was him that stood up and warned everyone that they needed to be right and that if everyone did right, then the king would do right. Well, the king didn't do right, and it was evidence that the people didn't do right. That there was an issue here. And so now that God has said, Samuel, Samuel, Saul's done. He's done. I don't want him to be king no more. I've got a different plan. I'm going a different direction. And Samuel has been brokenhearted. And again, we explained this morning that the biggest curse of the ministry is desiring more for people than what they want for themselves. And Samuel is so brokenhearted because of all the potential that Saul had. There is nothing more traumatic and wasteful than wasted potential. Someone who had all the gifts, someone who had all the abilities, someone that God wanted to use, and instead he used it to serve himself. He could have been used of God in a mighty way. Wasted potential. That's what Samuel is upset for. Here is someone that could have been used of God if they would have allowed themselves. But instead... They didn't, and it's wasted. And so he's been mourning, but God's program goes on. Just because there's a little hiccup doesn't mean the whole thing's derailed. And God's basically saying, Samuel, we've got to move on. We can't dwell with this. Let's start from where we are. Let's move forward. Verse 1 again. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thy horn up with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among the sons. God already knew what he was doing next. Samuel, grab your horn of oil. We're going to go anoint a king. And this is where you're going to go. You're going to go to Bethlehem. And you're going to find the house of Jesse. And it's among his sons that you're going to find the next king. God had knew everything. He knew his address. By the way, God knows your address. Now, David has no clue what's going on. But God knows. God knows where you're at. He knows what you're doing. He knows all the things leading up to this point. God knows everything. Notice in verse 2. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, 
he will kill me. Now again, this is very telling of the uh, personality of Saul. Samuel is 91 years old and was one of the most respected people who ever lived in Israel. And yet he says, if Saul finds out that I'm anointing another king, he's going to kill me. That's pretty bad that Saul, it shows how far away from God he truly is, that Samuel recognizes his life is in danger because of the, the uh, emotions, the passions, the ungodliness of King Saul, who once had great potential, but now is so self-centered and has rejected God and is looking just to guard himself and the things that are his. Notice as it goes on in verse 3. So what does God tell him about this? Uh, verse 2. And the Lord said, take a heifer with thee and say, I'm come to sacrifice to the Lord. So you, Samuel, take a heifer, go to Bethlehem, say you're going to go sacrifice. And call Jesse to the sacrifice. And notice this. And I, God, will show thee, Samuel, what thou shall do. You know what God does? He just goes to the next step. Samuel, go to Bethlehem, call Jesse, then I'll tell you what to do. That's how God always leads the next step, and then the next step, and the next step. You obey what I told you first, then I'll give you another step. And then you obey that, and I'll give you another step. Obey that, and I'll give you another step. This is exactly what he's doing to the prophet Samuel, 91 years old, being used of God for 80-something years, and God's still saying, guess what? You just do it the next step, and then the next step, and the next step. So we see, first of all, that Saul was rejected for disobedience, and God has got a plan to replace him. So we come down to David's brothers were rejected. David's brothers were rejected. So notice, Samuel goes down to Bethlehem, verse 4. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, saying, Comest thou peaceably. You know, there's something about an old-fashioned reverence for a man of God. You're not going to kill us now. You're not going to rain down fire. You're not mad at us or anything, right? Uh, you, you peaceable? We all good? Is there any, you coming to take care of business? <laughs> Samuel says, peaceably. I'm not here to harm anybody. I'm here to have a uh, sacrifice. Sanctify everyone. And go get uh, Jesse. Go send a runner for him. I want everyone for the sacrifice. So what they're going to do is they're going to have a big town festival sacrifice unto God. And they're going to lead to worship. And basically have a quick revival meeting. Evangelistic meeting. And so they're setting it up. And Samuel goes and makes sure that Jesse and his boys are invited. And privately he says... One of your kids is going to be the king. How would you like to have that message? The preacher has come. And he's come to anoint one of your kids to be king. Get all your kids and bring them in. Okay. That's pretty interesting noise. Isn't it? Pretty interesting what God is doing. He's telling them. I've got a plan. Notice as we pick it up in verse number 6. And it came to pass when they, that's Jesse's family, were come, he, Samuel, looked on Eliab. Now, this is the oldest. And said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Now, remember about King Saul. King Saul was handsome. He was young. 
He was head and shoulders above everyone else. That means he was tall, six foot something, six foot five, six foot six, that normal people just came to his shoulders. He was head and shoulders above. You know, that's how people look upon their leaders. They are looking the outward appearance. This guy looks strong. This guy looks big. He must be the one that God wants. He must be the person that God is looking for. But notice what God says in this, in verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, nor the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for the man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh upon the heart. You know, God sees the inside of you. We look at people and say, oh man, they look like they could be used of God. You see their good looks. Look at how charming they are. Look at how charismatic they are. That our world has a certain set of standards that are not biblical standards. Different standards for beauty. Different standards for intelligence. Different standards for this and that and whatnot. And that if you don't fit the world's preconceived standards, well then you just can't be used. You're just cast aside. You have no hope that if you don't have the Hollywood looks, if you don't have the certain charisma, if you don't have a certain way of doing things, then you just can't be used. But God says erase all of that. I look on the heart. I look on the heart. I look at not what people uh, look like. I'm looking if they're available. Remember, your greatest ability is your availability. Are you available? God loves to use things to shake the world that the world would never expect. He loves to use broken things. He loves to use the base things. He likes to use things that people would never see coming. Because God is that powerful of a God. He could do things that the world can't understand through people that, that they don't get. Notice, if you don't mind, and verse number 8. So we have the first son, Eliab, the oldest. He's the tallest. He's the biggest. He's the strongest. When Samuel first looks at him, he says, that's it. And God says, that's not it. No, I look upon the heart. And let me tell you, his heart is not where it should be. You understand that there's a difference between having a heart for God and just living life. Not everyone wants to make themselves available for God's use. Not everyone makes themselves at God's disposal. There are some people who are satisfied with just going through life. Even going through church. We're talking about Christians now, not talking about lost people. There are some people who are just satisfied with going through normal life, saying their prayers, just being a normal Christian. But is there something inside of you that says, I want more? I want more. I want to be used of God. I don't just want to be a plaything. I want to be used of God. Well, where does that start with? Your heart. Are you available? Are you able for God to do something with you? The rest of the world may think that you're thrown away in nothing. But God has something for you. Notice verse 8. And Jesse called Abinadab, the second brother, and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse called Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass through Samuel. Imagine Samuel looking hopeful each one. Is this it? Nope. Is this it? Nope. Is this it? Nope. 
Seven sons passed through. And Samuel scratched his head for a second and said, God, I thought you said one of these sons was going to be it. I thought you said one of them was going to be accepted. But all of David's brothers, they were rejected. Which brings us to the last thing. That David was accepted for his heart. David was accepted for his heart. Notice if you don't mind in verse number 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he, Jesse, said, There remaineth the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. Now, before Jesse was told by Samuel that one of your sons is going to be king, bring all your sons. And he brought seven of them and left one behind. Why did he bring the one behind? Because he didn't think that he would be king. He was the runt of the litter. You had Eliab who was big and tall. But David, not only is he young, he's the runt of the litter. He's the smallest. He's the one that's more outdoorsy. There's something just not quite right with him. He can never be king. So they just didn't even invite him to the party. You see that? He was even rejected by his own dad. His own dad didn't think he had what it took to be king. So here's a man who's rejected. He's overlooked. Just passed over. But Samuel says, go get him. And we're not going to sit down to eat supper till he gets here. We're not going to sit down. Everybody stand back up. Nobody's sitting down until he gets here. Which is basically say, go get him now and quickly. Don't wait. Go get him. So they go get him. Can you imagine David? He's out in the field tending sheep. And some guy comes running out of breath. David, they need you now. They need you now. Come on, let's go. And the guy takes over watching the sheep. David comes back. What in the world's going on? Notice with me in verse 12. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. And withal had a beautiful countenance. And goodly to look in. Now this beautiful countenance that it's talking about. Is not necessarily talking about his beauty. But you understand countenance is how you wear your face. How you wear your posture. But it comes from within. There could be people who are very beautiful on the outside. But have an ugly countenance. They call them cheerleaders. I mean... It's the popular girl at school. It's the nasty attitude that they have. That they can look good on the outside. They have the perfect figure. They have the right amount of of charisma that people respond to them with. But they're ugly to look at. The world thinks they're beautiful. But they're ugly because of their countenance. Because of that inner man. It comes out and it's nasty. Hate to be married to someone like that. Just nasty on the inside and it will come out. When it's talking about David's countenance, it's talking about his godly spirit from the inside that is coming out. Have you ever met someone that just had such a walk with God? Maybe they had just such a peace that just looking at them, they may not be the greatest looking person in the world, but there's such a response to them. There's something about them. That something inside seems to overflow. That's what David was. He was rejected by everyone. But when Samuel saw him he said. This is someone who has a walk with God. This is it. Notice in verse 12. And the Lord said arise anoint him. For this is 
he? Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of the brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So here we have a story of a young shepherd boy. No one thought would amount to anything. Oh sure, he's a good shepherd boy. He does good outside, but he's a little bit different. But he'll never be king. Never in a million years would you think this boy. When, when they were in high school, they didn't vote him most popular. They didn't vote him most likely to succeed. They didn't vote him most likely to be king. Wasn't even a thought to them. But God says, I know his heart. I know him. And he's available. You know what David's been doing? David's been out in the fields watching the sheep. Talking to God. Singing songs to God. Walking with God. Rehearsing scriptures with God. Studying God's law. Thy law have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He's been having a walk with God. He's made himself available. And nobody knew about it. Nobody overheard him and said, man, that's someone that could be used of God. David's by himself. Everyone ignores him, leaves him alone. He's the rejected brother. But God had a plan for him. Do you know that God loves to use those things? You know, there was another little brother who had 12 brothers and sisters all together with him. And his brothers hated him. They hated him so much they planned on killing him. When they found out they could get some money from him, they sold him. They hated him so much they sold him. Sold him into slavery. He lived most of his life not seeing another believer. But yet the whole time he bloomed where he was planted. And God blessed him. And he became the second most powerful person in all of Egypt. We know as the Old Testament Joseph. All of his brothers rejected him. There's the dreamer. There's daddy's favorite. They couldn't stand him. Little would they realize that they would bow down to him and honor him one day. You understand God loves to use the broken things. You know this world sets in our mindset that we have to do certain things in order to be used. You may look at yourself and say, I'm not good looking enough. Nobody, I, I'm just, maybe I'm just plain. Maybe you look yourself in the mirror and you scare yourself in the mirror. But you understand, that's not a qualification to be used. Your availability is. Maybe some of you say, I don't have the brain power. My brains, it doesn't work. I have a hard time languaging. I have a hard time just putting thoughts together. People don't understand what I'm trying to say. You understand that's not a qualification. The only qualification is to make yourself available. You may say, well, I don't have the physical. I'm no longer strong. I can't do all these things. I'm weak and I'm frail. My legs may give up. I may not have the physical ability. I can't be used of God. That's not a qualification. The only qualification is to make yourself available. Can you make yourself available? Everyone else may think, that you're nothing. Everyone else may look at you and say you're just a waste of space. But let me tell you. The greatest ability you have is your availability. Can you make yourself available to God? Someone said it this way. That God is so desperate. He's so hard up for people who use anybody. 
You just have to make yourself available. Do you want to be used? Is there something inside of you that says, I don't want to mess around. I want to be used powerfully of God. I don't know how. You understand God doesn't fit the called. He calls the fit. Ah, sorry, I just mixed that around. <laughs> he doesn't call the fit. He fits the called. He equips people that he calls. He prepares them. Your job is to make yourself available and God will give you the tools needed to succeed. God just wants you to be available. God, use me. I don't know how, just use me. I give you everything. I give you my eyes, my lips, my mouth. I give you my time. I give you my schedule. Someone says I'm too busy. Give God your schedule. God could do something with even your schedule. But you have to make yourself available. You have to want to make yourself available. There are plenty of people that say, I'm fine. I don't have to be used of God. I'm not speaking to those people tonight. I'm speaking to someone tonight who feels like I don't have much to offer. I may be too old, too ugly, not smart enough, not physical enough, not this, not that. You're the one I'm speaking of because your greatest ability is your availability. Here's David, his own father overlooked him. But that's not a qualification either. Your qualification is to be available. You think of people that were used. Think of a Fanny Crosby who was blind but wrote thousands of hymns. What a wonderful thing. That she was blind but said, you know what, I'm not going to let this hold me back. I'm going to serve God the best I can. I'm going to make myself available. And God used her. With what little you have, can you make yourself available? If you do, God can make of you something you couldn't even dream of. God could do something in your life that you couldn't even fathom right now. But it's all on your availability. Will you make yourself available, God? Will you allow God to do something? Now, again, I know that I'm not speaking to everyone. But there's someone in here that as I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit inside of you is burning and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. Then dear friend, what I want you to do tonight is to go to God and say, God, make me available. I don't know what you have 10 steps down the road. And remember, God leads us step by step. What is your next step? To surrender yourself and to make yourself available. Maybe perhaps you've done that in the past. But as you look at yourself and say, maybe I'm not quite as available as I used to be. Maybe you could remake yourself available. Are you available? If God wants to use you, are you available? Or if he calls dizzy, get a big busy signal. Ah, no, no, I'm too busy. I got something else to do. I've got this going on. Nope, nope, it doesn't fit in my schedule. Are you available? Do you want? this. David was overlooked, but God loves to use the broken things, the base things, the things that are rejected. You, your part, is to be made available. 
Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.